We want you to enjoy this, but you won't. Well, it's episode um, 152. Thank you. Uh, I suppose um, we should probably start with a debrief from uh, the live event in Milton Keynes, which Adam, you couldn't come to on account of diseases. Yes, so please don't make it sound like it was fun because it's depressing enough that I got to... I I realised, so I I did the maths the other day just by complete chance, and the last time that I did anything that I could consider social was when I went down to Chris's in November. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. And before that, it would have been two years before because of pandemic. So it's improving. So so my my missing out on going to Milton Keynes um, has been shit. So please mm. tell me it was dreadful and you hated every minute of it. Oh, it was absolutely awful. So um, yeah. me and Dan yeah. got there first, got into the B&B, opened some tins. Mm. Um, then people sort of started arriving in dribs and drabs and we opened some more tins. We had some tins. Then we decided to walk down to the pub that was nearby um, and we had, had a pint each and then we had a gin. Um, so Milton Keynes is amazing because we bought – um, three double gin and tonics, um, half a Guinness to top up Lawrence's pint, a pint of dark fruit, six shots of fireball um, whiskey, and that was thirty-five pounds. <laughs> which, yeah, which is very- irresponsible. They shouldn't be allowed to sell you that yeah. much booze for that little. No, money. I mean, like anywhere else, the six shots of fireball would have cost you thirty-five pounds. <laughs> Well, and and they were ten quid, so it was twenty five quid just for the just for the six drinks, and I thought that was astonishing. Um, yeah. So yeah, we stayed in there for a bit. Um, we had Fireball just because it was there. Did you have Fireball with us when we went to Slam Dunk, or was that when me and Dan went? To no, I think it was when you and Dan went. I I don't think I had it. I don't remember anyway. Fireball is horrible. Yeah, I um, imagine it would be. But yeah. Because they sponsored the punk scar stage, we thought it would be polite to, to have one. And it's a cinnamon whiskey. Oh, so, Jesus. You know, horrible cinnamon aftershock. Aftershock, yes. Yeah. It's... So you, you take how horrible that is and then add it to another horrible drink, whiskey. Yes. Um, Cheap. It's Cheap very bad. horrible. Yeah. yeah, not not good whiskey either. Mm. No, no, I'd imagine like it, because because of the nature of the kind of drink it is any of those drinks they're going to be cheap whiskey because mm-hmm. yeah you wouldn't waste the good stuff on uh, on cinnamon but no. then it was it was three shots for a fiver so we got six um, then we went to Lidl and we were all a little bit too drunk to do sensible shopping so we bought lots of stuff we didn't really need um, yeah. then. We went back to the house, but well, some people went back to the house. Me, Ali, and Chris. And you, did you stay out with us, Dan? You did, didn't you? Yeah. Because that was when we started arguing about whether Adam wears glasses or not. Yes. Ah, that explains that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, we know what my memory is like. Hang and, on, hang on. So, so this this came up. Somebody queried Dan, no. and then. I believe what he said. I don't know how it came up. Somebody said something about Adam wearing glasses, and Dan said, "Does he?" And uh, we said, "Yes." And he has done for a long time. Yeah, since yeah. I was about twenty-three. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I realise that now. I mean, in my defence, I was drunk. Hmm. What for the last fifteen <laughs> years? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, life would have been so much better if I was. 
good, wouldn't it? That would explain everything, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, and they sold us uh, two pint glasses of Strongbow Dark Fruits, which Is that again, legal? apparently. So uh, at least in Milton Keynes. Yeah, I don't think yeah. the police want to go to Milton Keynes. So, um, yeah. were they actually two pints, or were they liters? No, they no, were two two point. pint two pint glasses. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say because it would definitely be illegal to sell liters now. Yes. Yeah, but I guess two pints that must be like a, a, a furlong or something. So with the with now that we've done Brexit, we can sell in the old. Um, I could I could have bought a quart. What's a quart? Or a yard. How about like a hand? Is a hand hand of, of Yale? A hand of yeah, a hand of uh, strongbow dark <laughs> fruits, my good man. Um, when I went to my brother's stag do, went to somewhere in London Bridge called uh, Vinegar Yard for food and, and drinks, and you had to order your drinks through through the app because of um, disease. Um, oh, I thought it's because it was really pretentious. And that. Uh, and when I went to order mine, one of the, you could either have uh, one pint, you could have two pints, or you could have a yard. But it was a bit early in the evening, and I'd only just eaten, so I didn't get a yard. Well, presumably, though, would it have been delivered in a yard, in the, the yard glass? Because they're not exactly designed to sit on the table. Well, no. I, I mean, you'd assume so, because otherwise, why would they sell, what's a yard, four and, four and a half pints, I think? Something like that, yeah. They wouldn't sell that if it wasn't in the big long white yard. No, but that means you got to like if you're doing it with your meal, you don't really want to drink a yard of ale and then have food. Well, yeah, and so I didn't, but it did seem like it would have been brilliant. Yeah, I can't see it on the on the website. Um, Yeah, so then we had the two pints, um, and then we went back to the place where people had ordered an Indian, and there was. Loads and it was, it was a really good one as well. Um, because I think that's sort of the optimum food to give me on a weekend where I'm in close quarters with lots of other people. Mm. It's preferable to cheese, but I was gonna say the, the cheese hangover was not fun for any of us. No, that wasn't great, was it? I had a curry, um, on Tuesday this week and we had a South Indian garlic curry and it was amazing. And my farts the next day were so bad. <laughs> even and even my piss smelt of garlic the following day. That's it, that's how much garlic's in this thing. It's really good, but it it, it isn't worth the aftermath. Um, so yeah, we had a curry and then played some games and drank a bit more, and it was generally quite a pleasant evening. I don't think anyone disgraced themselves or did anything too bad. Um, well, I I stayed at home and couldn't leave the house, so I had a great weekend. Brilliant. Uh, then the next day we did go ape, um, and we got there, and the man directed us round to this big field to park in, and then we had to walk for about a mile to get to the go ape, which was just up the road from where the man had directed us from, and it seemed like we could probably have parked right next to it. Um, I assume they do that intentionally, just to wind I guess up. so, yeah. Uh, but go ape was very fun, um, and no one died. Uh, then we did. Then we came back to the house, had a few more tins, drank some tins on the way into town, did an escape room, and it was one where you split into two teams and do an identical room. And yeah. Team Graham, Chris, uh, Ali, and we were you on. You were with us, weren't you, Dan? Yeah. So the the A team, the best people, we beat the other team by two minutes, and it was brilliant because the other team had Hayden, Richard, Dave, and Lawrence in it. Oh, God. 
And so yeah. when we got there, um, we said, "How are we doing? How are we dividing up?" And somebody, I think Ali, suggested we should pick teams like you know, choose two captains. I said, that's a good idea. So the captains ideally should be me and Hayden because then that avoids us being in the same room together because that's not going to end well. Um, so, yeah, we, we did team picking that way. Um, and, yeah, I was very pleased to have beaten them. That was closest I've come to failing a room. I think we got out with about five minutes to go and they came out with about three minutes to go. It was, it was a yeah. really difficult one. It was good. Yeah, like there were... Like some of it was, you know, reasonably obvious in hindsight, but some of the clues were actually quite hard. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, then we went to a pub, um, and a man started talking to me about films, and he was quite boring. So Hayden said, "You're really boring, and we're leaving," which was a fair point. Um, then we went and got five guys, and we went back to the house and played some more games and drank some more gin. Yeah, uh, it was quite a chill evening, then, wasn't it? Nobody went overboard. No. So, yeah, we were all okay. Uh, yeah, it was, it was absolutely no fun whatsoever, and you didn't miss anything. No. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Dan oiled up Dave, and they wrestled and made love. It was nice. I don't remember that part, but I don't remember many. Parts. I, I definitely saw no. that. Okay. Well, I, I right. didn't even didn't even get COVID. I didn't test positive at any point. Oh, that's that's um, dreadful. And neither did Charlotte. But Hayes very definitely had it. Um, mm. Tested positive for like six days. Um. So it was probably just as well that I didn't risk it because otherwise I would have yeah. made all of you sick, essentially, um, which would have made me a presence. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, and the last thing you need is is that. Yeah, nobody needs that. Um, yeah, and then it, then we just Sunday we just went home. I, I had shared a bed with Lawrence, which was quite a, an experience because um, he sleeps diagonally, which is. A lot of fun when you're sharing a double bed with him. Also, it got to the point where he was pretty much spooning me, and it was fine, but it did feel like his arm was about to come over, and I thought that's the line I'm going to have to draw. Yeah. Um, but it didn't, so that was, that was fine. We just had a little snuggle together. It was nice. I mean, I I sleep very weird. Like I spent like what like six or seven years sleeping in a double bed on my own, and I got quite used to just kind of occupying all of it in various configurations, hmm. and. I still kind of default back to that if I'm ever in a double bed on my own. But mm. also if I'm sharing a bed with somebody, like my natural instinct to not do that kind of kicks in. And I do try and, you know, stay to my part of the bed and not not getting on the spooning. Um, mm. you know, although obviously, you know, you, you, you can't avoid it sometimes. I think two guy friends um, who enjoy each other's company just having a cuddle in bed is uh, is underrated. I think there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's lovely. And uh, so Dan slept on the um, voyeur's bed where there's like a double and then a top bunk where you could no, lie no, and, I, and I, watch I, the others make love. I, hey? I, had the, uh, I, I was just in a room with Chris. Oh, were you not in that one? I thought you were in no. that one. So that was Hayden and Richard, was it? Yes. And apparently, both of them snore more than I do, which is gratifying discovery. I suspect I snored more than anybody. Um, but I've sort of made my peace with it, and I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Is, there anyone, that don't bother me. is there anyone that wasn't snoring? I shouldn't have thought so now. I mean, we're all very sort of on the cusp of 40, except for Dan, who's a baby. Um, and he's got almost a full year yeah. to go. And Chris has got uh, only just over one month. 
Oh god, yes. I I find like my my understanding from you know reliable witnesses is that I basically, assuming I'm not ill, I basically only snore when I've been drinking. Yeah, yeah. I snore all the time anyway. Um, but Jeff is not particularly bothered by it. Um, but when I've been drinking, it's even worse. And there's just loads. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was uh, that was Milton Keynes, and I thought it was not not a shithole, but it is quite horrible. It's just weird. It's just lots of dual carriageways where people live. Yeah, um, it sort of sounds, that it sounds quite like angry. like Telford. I don't know if you've been to Telford. Um, not. Um, no, I haven't. It's basically a really big ASDA with a few houses around it on a ring road, mm, right? Mm. Um, yeah. but, but Milton Keynes, it's sort of just got absolutely no soul or personality. It, yeah, it exists. I, mean, and it's I, I kind of, I kind of felt like you know it would be the kind of thing where that's the reputation that it has, and you get there and it's kind of okay, and it's a bit oversold yeah. on the well, whole. Like you know, soul. I mean, like Hull is a great example of that. Hull yeah. could have been an absolute toilet, but it was great. Yeah, well, but Milton Keynes was just. I don't know, just just very very bland. I think if I was going to give it a rating out of five, I would give it two stars because it's yeah. it's not bad enough to make it worthwhile going just for the sheer horror, like somewhere like Gillingham. But it's <laughs> just it's just bland and not in any way interesting and or exciting. But the pub was very cheap and the pub was fine. Yeah. Um, but when I was looking at pubs, because. It's a new city. There aren't any nice pubs because nice pubs all tend to be, you know, over two hundred years old. For a long time, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have that luxury. So every pub just felt like a sort of estate um, you know, chain pub because that's all that there was. I mean, the, the one that we went to, um, I can't remember what it's called, the Midsummer Tap. That was quite yeah. cool. It was quite nice. It was a, it was a typical sort of craft beer type place. Um, yeah. It, it was it was fine, um, but I think the rest yeah. of it is just yes, yeah, chain pubs and like two for one kids eat free pubs and that sort of thing. Really, so fine is a very good adjective, I think. Yeah, like, I think so. Yes. There was nothing yeah. that was outrageously bad. So, so Milton Keynes is kind of a, a vegan city. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was the ideal place for Chris. It was it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. not not amazing. Just just fine. It was the epitome yeah. of everything being fine by spring, which technically it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, not not bad, not good. Fairly central, okay. Um, Excellent. Absolutely no reason to ever go there again. Yeah. My review of Milton Keynes. Yeah, Brilliant. that is that is the key aspect of Milton Keynes. Like you do it once and. Yeah. Hmm. So I have two items. Uh, oh would you like number one or number two? Uh, number uh, two. You know me. I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of number twos. You want a number two, right? So number two is my million pound idea, and it's actually a good one this time. Well, just before we go any further, I think it's quite important that we should factor in inflation here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, you're no, probably so, talking so, like 1.2 million pound idea. No, it's exactly one million. Oh, so it just devalues over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I if I'd done this okay. five years ago, it would have been maybe um, eight hundred thousand pound idea, but that's less right, okay. catchy. Um, yeah. So, what do people like? What are people all over? Musicals, isn't it? So, 
musicals. Oh, I thought you were going to return to catheters, but uh, no, uh, we'll. I'm going to park that idea for a little while because I floated. Okay. I floated the a sort of a pilot scheme in Milton Keynes, and people were not on board. Um, so I need to go back with to having a tube shoved up their dick. You mean? Yeah, which is weird, isn't it? Because it, you know, it was me doing it. They've known me for thirty years. I'm, you think it would be fine? A friend, they should trust me to do that by now. But no, they, they yeah. don't. Um, but musicals. What's the number one problem with musicals? Uh, like singing. Well, what you what you're trying to say is that the music is all shit. Yeah. No, that, that is. So you have Mamma Mia. Um, a good story about some slag who can't remember who she fucked on what day, but the music's terrible. Um, Lion King, actually, music that's pretty good because it's from the film, so that doesn't count. But um, what other musicals are there? Phantom of the Opera, I don't know, organs and that. Cats is just people going meow. Um, Call for Cats, that's one that's in Cats, I think, isn't it? Um, The Love Cats. That's two squeeze songs. Hot Cats. Yeah. Uh, the Garfield theme music, generally. Uh, any others? Not like I'm ringing tomorrow. Cat Stevens, a lot of Cat Stevens in there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you get the point I'm making. Um, but again, awful music, that's the problem. So musical in principle isn't a bad thing, but it would need to have good music. And you need something that is sort of centred around one, like the, the Queen, We Will Rock You, the music was good. The story was absolute horseshit, but it made it a good musical because the music was good. Yeah, you don't really care if the story's bad. It's like you know an action movie. You're not too fussed about the plot as long as the action's good. Or The Rock, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The action's good. Right, yes. Good point, yes, sorry. Um, so uh, I think, and, and it needs to sort of centre around a particular song. It needs to be uh, like a titular uh, song that, that drives the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um you need to have other songs by the same artist, which are good and support and move that story along. Um, and it needs to it needs to appeal to people who wouldn't normally go to musicals. So kind of you know you need to open it up to a, a new audience with the genre of music that hasn't been covered in something like this. So I yeah. present to you Skater Boy the musical, okay. featuring the music of Avril Lavigne. The story yeah. is there; it's already written for you. Yeah. Uh, he was a punk. She did ballet. Um, yeah. Her friends were were stuck up bitches. Um, yeah. and she had a baby and ruined her life while he went and got off with Avril Lavigne. The story's there, and I think there's other songs on her album, um, or, or albums that you know sort of feed into that narrative. Like "I'm with You" is the is the big emotional number at the end. Um, complicated. That's a good one. So when uh, when they're sort of first going out, he, he keeps making it complicated and yeah. Sort of, Unrelated to the story I just said, but you get you know yeah anyway. yeah so and then the and the choreography oh, no, it, it can't just be it can't just be a, a trivial thing of like you know the like uh, you know the the she wasn't interested the guy who was uh, you know wasn't interested in her but then she immediately fell in love with this wonderful yeah man. yeah, yeah. Like, it's got to be there's got to be some tri- you know yeah some, so some you need some along the way. you need so, something yeah. in the second act yeah. so yeah so I think I think that's uh, I think that has got legs and the, the choreography is good. Stick a half pipe on stage, people skateboarding all around. It would be like Starlight Express, but less shit. Yeah, that's true. Because Starlight Express is pretty bad. So yeah. um, anything that isn't Starlight Express would. Therefore so you get all the dancers doing cool skateboarding. Opens it up to oh, all yeah. of the like the emo and punk kids who wouldn't normally yeah. go to musicals. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's genuinely like- one of the best ideas I've ever had. So I'm going to assume I just write this down. 
backs it to Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. Um, I'll take. Well, you, the, uh, yeah, but you see, the downside there is that you end up with an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, which are mm. almost universally shit. So you want somebody else. Yeah, but he knows how to he knows how to market them, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I feel like I feel like you know are his musicals not. I mean, they're not for me, but are they not regarded as being decent? I mean, like, they're quite successful. Yeah, they're very successful. Yeah, um, so that's what I want out of this. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. It would be a good musical just by nature of it having good music. But I mean, you know, think about it. You you need to. You you're going to be then you're going to be marketing to the people that normally go to musicals, right? Which is not what you want. Guess, yeah. The whole point. So what you really want is you want like Tony Hawk to do the marketing. <laughs> so Tony, yeah, Tony Hawk, Hawk can uh, Hawk, can do yeah. the. He can compose it. He can just um, like you know, in in all of his random encounters with people that don't realize he's Tony Hawk, he can just sell them on Avril Lavigne the musical. Yeah, and there you go. Um, Bam Margera could do the the lyrics, so it's like Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber that that kind of um, yeah yeah partnership uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that's interesting, yeah, Tony Hawk, but um, and then yeah, we just opened the West End. I guess next summer or so. I don't really know, but I think I'll I'll take thirty percent of the profits for for the idea. Thirty um, percent can go to Avril Lavigne. She's got to license music, obviously. Yes. And then the remaining. The question is, do you want like be... uh, do you want like an original compos? Do you want to do like an original composition for it as well? Well, it has to be arranged, doesn't it? So um, yeah, it needs to be. They sort of rearrange the the tune so that it, oh, you mean in addition to like the yeah, like because you could just use the album tracks, but also oh, you yeah. could have, have her write something specific for you know where like we've we've gone through the album, we just we've gone through your albums, we can't find a song that mm. fits for this pivotal scene. I'm guessing so I'm happy you just have to write, write something original. That's good. Um, on the proviso that it, it has to slap. Oh, well, yeah, I mean as, as long as it slaps, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then that that would actually be the the review on the post. It would say it slaps five it slaps, stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It slaps five stars. Two star podcast, and that would just confuse everybody because there'd be so many stars. So seven. Wow. Yeah, yeah. People love stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things people love. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's my million pound business idea. Um, I've already taken out uh, a lot of credit card debt on the back of the the undoubted success of this, um, and I'll be using it to finance my lifestyle. Excellent. So that's uh, that's idea number one. Would you like? No, sorry, that was idea number two. Oh, it's yeah, foolish yeah. of me. Um, would you like uh, number two? No, that was sorry, I got distracted. That was number two. Would you like number one? Sure. Yes. yes, it feels like it would be silly not to at this point. Yes, yes. I was I mean, number two was such a cracker. Can number one compete? So I had a dream the other night where I was it a sex dream? Nope. It was a comedy dream, and I wrote a excellent joke that everybody I told it to just fell about laughing because it was such a funny joke. And mm. I woke up and thought, that was a funny joke. I better write that down. Um, went back to sleep again. It, the dream continued. It was the same joke, and everyone was just losing their shit about this brilliant joke. So I woke up the next morning and thought, ah, that was a good joke, wasn't it? And I thought about the joke, and, well, I'll let you be the judge of whether it's funny or not. So... Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to uh, use Dan will be my, my straight man in this one. I'll say, mm-hmm. Dan, do you want a game of charades? What's charades? Now, what you should have said there, and so you've already spoiled the joke by not know, by by not responding in the correct way, but what you would say is, do you mean charades? 
So I'll say again, Dan, do you want to play a game of charades? Do you mean charades? Hang on a minute, I haven't started the clue yet, mate. So it's like you're giving the guest to charades when I haven't done a a charade of that. So this was the funniest joke I'd ever heard in in my dream, obviously. Oh dear. Um, but it does seem to not. It seems to have lost something in the in the translation from sleep to waking, and I can't really figure out what that would be. It does happen. Mm. It's very unfortunate, but I, I sympathise. Um... See, what you probably want then is the next time when you have a comedy dream and you die on stage. Yeah. Make a note of all the material. Oh, because that would probably be actually material, funny wouldn't it? Yeah. when you're awake. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, your 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 dream audience are just shit. They're not representative of normal awake living humans. Yeah. So it is opposite so, world in dreams, isn't it? So if they if they think it's all shit and you die on stage, mm. comedy gold. Mm. Yeah. Or what if it's not opposite? What if it just amplifies how bad something is? Ooh. And yeah. therefore, yeah. Yeah. It, well, it just sort of elevates it a, a few levels. So actually, the stuff that would make you die on stage would be even worse than the excellent charade. Well, that's possible, but there's only one way to find out, which is for you to make a note of the, so, yeah. the jokes and, and retell them and see what happens. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't advise doing it in front of a live studio audience. But well, no, I think I, I think I'd have to go and do an open open mic night. Mm, I suppose for it to be representative. How, yeah, how would you know? The problem uh, is, right? Everybody is kind of predestined to hate anyone who does an open mic like that's just how open mics work mm, i guess it, maybe it depends on the open mic because they well yeah. maybe not an open mic maybe like an open spot in a in a comedy yeah you, know, comedy you don't want to do it you obviously okay. you need to leave it for a bit because you know we're in the middle of uh, edinburgh fringe so you don't want to well i just got to edinburgh that'd be smoking i suppose you, you could get like the one of the perrier awards couldn't you for yeah, well best, exactly best new best new best, best new act you have to be yeah, in it to win it don't you yeah, that Sharan's joke could be the joke of the fringe. It would be, wouldn't it be? Just it would be a brilliant piece of yeah. fuckery mm. for them to award the best fringe to just a really shit joke. But everybody that's involved in the awards process is in on it, and just nobody oh, yeah. will let on that the joke is shit. So they keep going on. Everyone's reporting on this, and they're reading out the joke, and it's just like every, like silence. Mm. Nobody will admit that this joke is terrible because it's won the Perrier Award. So it must this must be missing something. And so people are, are are going along with it, saying they get it just because they don't want to look look foolish. Yeah, they don't, look like the they, they don't understand yeah. the joke. Obviously, they get. Obviously, yeah. I get the joke. I understand. The joke. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's really good that joke. Is is this sort of how Nigel Farage came about? Maybe. Possibly, yeah. Like he just tried something on, and um... he just went along with it, and. Uh... I don't know. But um, yeah, so I'll take it up to Edinburgh. I mean, it's probably a third of the way through the month, so I think now's the perfect time to turn up. Yeah. Yeah. I should be late. Yeah. Um, I could probably I could probably get five minutes out of that. I think anything more than that would be a big ask. I think... Well, because you obviously you can do the run-up explaining, mm. you know, how this came to you in a dream. Yeah. I could talk about Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy the Musical as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. See if I can get that off the ground, see if I can get any any um anyone to back me. Yeah, yeah. People it's you know, it's an arts festival, isn't it? So Yeah, absolutely. 
definitely worth a go. Um, well, that's worth looking into anyway. Yeah. So I think that's that's been the last. Well, I don't know when did we last do an episode? About a month ago, something like that. Uh, three weeks, four weeks, three weeks ago, I think. Something like that. One day we'll release yeah. it. Yeah, not anytime soon. Hmm. Although I did release an episode today, so you know, we're making progress. One in one yeah, out. So, what? Yeah. One in one out. Yes. Yeah. Good. That's good policy to have. I mean, it's a better policy to have when you haven't got a backlog. <laughs> yes. Yes, um, it's fair. I mean, I hope I was hoping I was going to get some done last weekend when I had a quiet weekend, but it turned out I couldn't be fucked, so I didn't. I think that's a good reason not to do things. Yeah. yeah. So like, I was thinking I could do some this weekend, and it's going to be like 32 degrees, and yeah. I don't want to sit somewhere with headphones on. Yeah. What you can do is just um, sit in the garden and put it through some really big speakers turned up very loud. <laughs> And then one of your neighbours might go, oh, this is a good podcast. What is it? And you go, ah, funny you should say it. I'll just copy onto a tape for you. Then we don't get the download figures. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's currently dropped down to 25 degrees outside, but it is still 29 degrees in here. So mm. I cannot say I'm overly enthusiastic about this. It's 30 in this room, but I'm in the top floor, which is hotter. So I'm hoping it will be less unpleasant downstairs. So uh, 10 years ago, you'd have a summer like this and you think, wow, what a lovely summer. Isn't isn't the weather fantastic? Mm. And it's sort of been spoiled now that we know that the planet is essentially in its death throes and this is what we're, um, it's what we're experiencing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, death the, of the planet. We're, we're going to have this every year and it's going to be fucking terrible. Yeah, whereas if somebody had just said to you, it's, you're going to have nicer summers you know, 10 years ago before we really... Well, no, I think 10 years is bullshit it was you know, 30 40 years ago maybe before we really understood the, the full impact of how how much of a crisis we're in how we're completely fucked and it is way too late um that's yeah, what takes the edge off a nice change. nice sunny day doesn't it and then then you hear all yeah. the, this news about wildfires in southern europe and you think mm, london nice out though isn't it wildfires in london oh is there yeah well not today i don't think well, no, not so, but like it, during the the forty degree heat wave, and there's lots of warnings about them. And Sainsbury's have stopped selling barbecues, and yeah, oh, that is political correctness gone mad. It is I, did, I can't believe Sainsbury's have gone woke. Uh, what's uh, well, is it is it woke or is it? Um, I suppose it is, isn't it? It's not yeah, and anything you don't anything you don't like of, is woke. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I like how the meaning of woke has changed from being sanctimonious to now just being cunts that people don't... Yeah, it's literally anything you don't like. It, it was yeah. originally sort of a badge of honour of I'm, I'm very woke, and now it's it's really turned around, hasn't it? But without well, now it's the just, meaning now it's of it changing become, at all. Yeah, it's just, well, it's, it's become the replacement for political correctness, right? Yeah. It's now just like, oh, that's woke. Because back when so, Social Justice Warrior was a um, was a... Uh, sort of oh, yeah. pejorative yeah. phrase. Woke was sort of seen as, oh, he's woke, he's good. But now yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, like, but it really has been taken over by the twats, hasn't it? Yeah, so much does get taken over by the twats, unfortunately. Mm. It's good that um, the Tory party candidates are focusing on the, the war on woke rather than any of the actual crises facing the country, though. 
Yeah, well, it's all right, because um, apparently Liz Truss has said tonight that uh, profit is not a dirty word. Oh, well, that's good, then. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and she's definitely not going to hold an election uh, before 2024. No, well, no, of course she wouldn't, because she would lose immediately. Well, you see, the thing, my, my logic is actually, if, if, I was, if I was Liz Truss, I mean, first of all, I would just throw myself off a tall building. But yeah. that aside, oh, thank you. I, I would... I think I would take the gamble, right? Because you're going you're gonna to be elected Tory leader. You're going to mm. get a bit of a bump, right? Because you're not Boris Johnson. It's a new mm. leader. It's like when you get a new manager in a football team. There's always mm. a bit of a bump, just, just yeah, for a little yeah. bit, right? You don't call an election immediately. Then you're into winter. Yeah. And basically everything is shit for like two years. Oh, yeah. Until the literally the latest point you can legally call an election. Mm. I guess the it's only going to be worse. The biggest problem, from our point of view, with that is that Keir Starmer didn't file some expenses on time, and therefore he's as bad as that is true. He is, so, he is he is as bad as, as yeah. Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak. I mean, um, even though the report said it wasn't as bad as 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 them, and they said it was a trivial matter. It's very important to not trivialise it. Yes, very um, very serious breach, but. Yeah, I very, think very serious breach of the ministerial code, which um, none of the critics of Starmer were supporting Boris in tearing up just a, a month before as well. And that's well, no, the really and obviously it's 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 critically important, except in the nature of the standards committee that are currently investigating him for lying to Parliament. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because the, well, the problem with that is you know he's paid the price now, hasn't he? Is now it's yeah, a witch it's a witch hunt. hunt. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. That's the yeah. thing. It's and it's also the deep we. State. We should remember that Keir Starmer drank some beer in Newcastle, which should be a crime in yeah. itself. Newcastle? Uh, somewhere Durham, nearby? Durham, Durham. 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 Same, same thing, isn't it? It's the, it? the north, Durham, isn't it? Durham, yeah, Durham. They, they all talk like call centre workers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think it's... it's if I, if, I, uh, yeah, if I were Liz Truss, and we all thank God that I'm not, um, hmm. I, think, I think really you... you, you I mean, I guess it depends, right? Because you, you might look at it and just go, well, whatever happens, I'm fucked. So I might yeah. as well get, like, 18 months as Prime Minister. Yeah, I guess. Or I get the boot, rather than having it, calling a general... I mean, because can you imagine, like, you get elected Tory leader, you call a general election immediately, and just get, like, fucking tanked and kicked out of office, and you're, you're Prime Minister for, like, three weeks. Really would be very funny, wouldn't it? It would be hilarious, but, like, yeah. that that's my concern as to, as to why she... Yeah, I think... It, I think it's more likely to just go, look, at least I get 18 months of, mm. of doing my Margaret Thatcher cosplay. I mean, she's thick enough to do either, frankly, isn't she? Yeah, so, I mean, she is very stupid. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason that it couldn't get to 2025 and she just say, oh, no, if if, um, if a new prime minister comes in, then that five years resets and everybody just go, yeah, she's probably right, actually. I don't know. Yeah. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt. She is probably correct on that and then you find that there was when they wrote the legislation they forgot to put something like that in and then uh, it gets taken through or oh, maybe the european supreme court that'd be funny wouldn't it that would yeah. Be point. yeah um yeah the queen has to actually or the queen has to step in well it wouldn't be the queen obviously no it should be king has to king yeah. has to step in yeah um oh or, speaking, or, about, yeah, sorry. speaking about king um I think I might be a little bit behind her curve on this, but I uh, the the rumor has finally reached my consciousness that um, Prince William gets pegged. 
yes. my lady that he's uh, not married to. I thought that was a fun rumor. That one. Oh yeah. Yes, so um, apparently he. Well, I mean, it's all open secretly. He's he's very much into having affairs. Yes. Um, but apparently, well, I'd heard that, and there was a know, lot of you know. But apparently, one of the things he likes to do in said affairs is get pegged. Well, I mean, it's very progressive of him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the veracity of this rumour, and that's why I have stressed that it is a rumour, and it's definitely not 100% fact. Um, and it's I don't know any more context than that. I don't know how it came out or anything, but um, I, I'm given to believe that he is into pegging. It's one of those rumours that, much like David Cameron fucking a pig, hmm. just instinctively feels true. It just feels right, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. If they'd said that Prince William had fucked a pig, I would have... I wouldn't even probably have commented on it. I would just say, of course he did, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't even be novelty, I don't think, at that point. But yeah, yeah. him getting pegged by, by I don't know, was, was, do you know any more about who it is? Imagine if it was the hairdresser that Boris fucked. It's the something, something of Chumley or something. But oh, of course, Chumley. it's yeah, somebody no, I mean, Chumley something, yeah. Yeah, like Boris, Boris, and, Boris and William aren't going to move in the same circles there. Um, no. Would he want Boris's sloppy seconds? I guess not. Well, but then if he's been pegged, then it's not technically. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm thinking more like you know, can you can you? Do they still do like by royal appointment, like they do with companies, where you get like yeah. you know, well, like big strap-ons. Yeah. Could be. So apparently, uh, the searches for pegging went up four hundred percent in the last week after that that came out. I'm glad that we live in an era where we can get stats like this. Yeah, it's important. Just think about it, right? You go back to when we were kids, and if there'd been some story, probably in the daily, in the, the sport, I would imagine is probably where it would have come out in those in those days. There'd have been a story in the sport about you know uh, a member of the royal family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and just what, what do you do? You can't even, you can't Google it. You go to the library and look it up. Of course you're not have to like you no. ask around school and you find somebody who makes something up that sounds plausible so you kind of go with mm. it and then for the next like 15 years you believe that's what it is well, maybe, it's, maybe that's what pegging is maybe that's how it came about somebody was Just told that as a joke school. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then thought well, that sounds brilliant and then when it got into it highly plausible told people about it from that so apparently a celebrity gossip slash PR account, Dermois, uh, ran an item about how uh, it says, this is so salacious, I'm almost too shook to share with you, but will anyway. This British royal's extramarital affair is an open secret in London and amongst the English artisto set and is a talk of every party and news desk. At a recent media party, I was told the real reason for the affair was the royal's love of pegging, which his wife is far too old-fashioned to engage in. Wife doesn't mind her, and in fact prefers her husband getting his sexual needs met elsewhere, as long as things don't become emotional, which was the case with the last woman. So, I don't. I've never heard like of Dermoir, but it does sound like, like a hot bitch thing. That yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, I'm if this if this was legit, it definitely would have been in pop bitch, sort of like a royal court version of pop bitch. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like pop bitch would restrict themselves to not talking no. about royal affairs. Well, I haven't. I mean, at, you know, within weeks, within so. like the law, I mean, it hasn't been hasn't been in there. All this, to be fair, though, they are on summer break um, this week, so it's been like a collection of. of... Uh, yeah, so, the last thing they did about pegging was uh, December twenty twenty. So either they were very ahead of the curve, or it was unrelated. Yeah, what was the story? 
about an un- undisclosed royal. I mean, that would have been, you know, something that really got it. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time something like that's been oh, overlooked. Oh, no, that was when uh, Edwina Curry uh, tweeted. Oh, right. Great. Yes, I yeah. remember that. Like, how could I forget? Oh, Christ, is she the woman? <laughs> that, oh. that would be, that would be truly astonishing. Even more of a story than her getting it on with Major, isn't it? Is, is that yeah. she pegs Prince William. That would, that's too... I'm just going to tell everybody that that's the case now. Because yeah, I mean, it has to be, surely. I mean, it's, it, it fits. All the, all the evidence lines up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see no reason to look into it any further. Um, and then the other thing that I've heard this week, uh, which, again, I have no reason to question and will be repeating as fact, is that Rishi Sunak is four foot six. Uh, I saw a TikTok which was quite uh, quite thorough in its investigations. They had measured the um, uh, the red red box um, and lined it up against like and drawn some lines to see how that compared to him. And they'd done it on like five or six different photos, and he came out at four and a half feet tall in each one. You see, the Rishi Sunak rumor that I believe is that he doesn't know how to use a debit card. Yes, that is also demonstrably true. Yeah, I mean the thing is, he he is. So there was an interview in which he he said it uh, in response to uh, when he went to that petrol station and filled up someone else's car mm. and then yeah. didn't know how to pay for a coke. Which, to be uh, fair, I think is a really good service that Tory MP should be forced to yeah, provide. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, now he is subsequently claiming that he was joking when he said mm. that somebody had to show him how to use contactless payments. Um, which, when you look at it out of context, right? He was like in his late twenties when contactless payments became mainstream in the UK. So obviously he would know what contactless payments were and somebody wouldn't have to tell him what to do. do you- However, he is Rishi Sunak and mm. clearly under normal circumstances, as evidenced by the fact that he had to borrow someone else's car and pretend to fill it up at a petrol station. Yeah. He's like, he has yes, no he sense of- He was in that day. Yeah, absolutely. So he, he has no idea what's going on like regular humans do. And yeah, I think I think it's entirely plausible that he has no idea how contactless. Yeah, I think I mean I can't imagine that Coots have contactless payments on their solid gold debit cards. I don't think I think it would interfere. I don't think that's even feasible. Could you get an induction loop into a solid gold card? I mean, I assume that you use a Coots card by literally like smacking the cashier over the head with it. Well, I think I don't. I think Coots probably don't give out debit cards. They just send a man to take care of it. Oh yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah, are we talking about take care of it or? Take care of it. Well, whichever, whichever is appropriate for the context. Yeah, they don't even give enough of a shit to ask that question. They don't. They're not interested. No. So I think that it's, it's entirely feasible that Rishi Sunak hasn't paid for anything directly mm-hmm. for well, probably his entire since life. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Certainly since he was twenty-five. He lived in America for a very long time. They had um, contact. They, 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 they were really no. late with contactless. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He, they they probably didn't even have yeah. chip and pin at that point. Well, they still really don't really. No, a lot of places you still have to sign a thing. Yeah, and they, yeah it's weird. Yeah. So yeah, but that's, no, I, that's because that's because most of their banks like uh, operate out of a town with a population of nineteen people. Yeah. Well, the bank is sort of a guy called Richard who just got left four grand by his auntie. Mm. He had to spend a night in a haunted house for it, and then he just <laughs> lends it to people, and that's the bank of Richard in that town. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't have it's it's, amazing, it's really weird how America obviously 
is run almost entirely by massive corporate chains. But then you get so many sort of not quite mom and pop shops, but, but mom like, and pop yeah, chains. Yeah. Like you have chains that operate only in certain states and things, and they're massive there, but nobody's ever heard of them in another state. And that that is a bit weird. Yeah, it surprised me how many independent things there were that were, you know, because England is completely fucked for chains. It's way worse than America is. Oh, yeah. That's because you can have one everywhere. Like, there's no, you know, you've got no, like, different laws or, you know, you're not going to trap massive distances to, you know, set up another branch or whatever. And we are essentially the size of of an American state, so it it sort of fits that that would be the model. And I mean, some of our chains still expand into Europe as well, which I guess is sort of what they would be doing. Well, apparently, I do see about M and S. Um, like they used to have like a bunch of stuff, in, a bunch of uh, presence in in France. Um, oh yeah, and yeah. They basically don't anymore. Because- well, Domino's pulled out of Italy this week. Okay. Good. Which is, uh, I mean, the, the finest pizza ever made. Can't even make it in Italy. That is astonishing. Well, are you allowed to call that pizza? In yes, Italy? and it's the best pizza. Because they wouldn't entertain a white pizza. Uh, They wouldn't entertain a rectangular pizza. I think Domino's is actual pizza. And Italian pizza is the sort of wanky, like, I almost said fetish stuff. But, I mean, it's I guess in a way it is. But I meant sort of like um, niche stuff. Yeah. Like artisan pizza and stuff. That's what Italian pizza is. And I don't give a fuck what came first. The proper pizza is like Domino's and Pizza Hut style dripping with grease and cheese. No, the, the best pizza is that pizza we got from that random shop in Guildford that was about six feet wide. That was an enormous lot. pizza. Yeah, okay. and yeah, that's good pizza, but it an Italian would gob on that. Yeah. And they are just wrong. Although I do like Francobanca as well, and that's more traditional Italian style. Yeah, it's good pizza as well, but it's not as good as the Domino's. It just happens to be quite a lot nicer and less likely yeah. to kill you. I'm really hungry now. Damn it. Yeah, Domino's. So, um, I haven't got anything else. I think I've emptied my brain. Oh, and that's a, a solid, solid 50 minutes of something. Yeah, we'll stick a stamp on it and call it a podcast. And uh, yeah. What can you do with... It's, uh, with it's, it's too fucking hot. That's the problem, really. It's it certainly too hot to be pegged. Well, no, but that being pegged would presumably be good because it's a lot less effort than you can sit there. Like the person not. Pegged... It's not I mean, a lot. I... It's not less effort than just sitting down. Well, I suppose. If the option and is, it's not really going to help you cool off, is it? Unless it's like maybe like an ice one. Ooh. Oh, maybe then, yeah. And getting pegged to the Calippo. Yeah, and the, the government haven't had to issue any health warnings like they did a few years ago telling women not to put ice lollies up their vaginas. They haven't issued that for putting stuff up your bum, which True. either means it's fine to it's put fine. stuff up your yeah, bum. It's fine, it must be fine. Because, I mean, you know, you know what the government's like, you know, nannying people with these yeah. silly warnings. So it must be fine. Now, well, can you get monkeypox from a fruit pastel's lolly? One assumes not. But I wouldn't not like if it's to... straight out the wrapper. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, oh, you don't reuse it. Well, it would freeze. The bacteria wouldn't survive the freezing process, surely. I mean, I, I don't know. You'd assume not, but I mean, something. I mean, I guess you could you could boil it and then refreeze it. No, because they wouldn't be in order anymore. Uh, yeah, you'd have to separate. You'd have to separate each stripe into a, into a pan, 
oil it, then refreeze it, then stick it up your bum. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, isn't it? You could just use yeah, it. Um, and the last thing you want to be doing in this temperature is boiling anything. Yeah, it's not going to be great, is it? Lowering the point. Like body temperature would feel pretty fucking great right now. Okay, well, you go find yourself a free pastel lolly, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. then you just need a, a willing, yeah, willing assistant. Uh, Edwin Curry will be into it. Also, the, the willing assistant has always proved the, um, the deal breaker here. So, Get your set uh, on grinder. Well, no, but then they don't peg you. They just have sex. I was going to say, you don't need the isolator. I think they seem like a nice bunch, if you ask them politely. They probably That's would. true. Yeah. Well, they might freeze the cock before they put it off you. <laughs> you never know. That's sort of like when you like try and give yourself pins and needles and jerk off so it feels like <laughs> just, just, just pop your todger in the freezer for half an hour. I mean, that would probably just be quite pleasant right now anyway. Well, maybe. So now I'm thinking that um, you could, if you had a freezer that had an ice machine, you could sort of take the ice bucket out the other side and sort of effectively you've got a makeshift glory hole into the freezer <laughs> that could then freeze your member without you having to get into the freezer. I think I need to have a look at the logistics of it, but I think with a big enough stall, I think this is achievable. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have some questions from the rest of your family. Next next week's next week's million dollar idea. Hmm. Once you've you've figured out the uh, the logistics. No, I'm not telling you to freeze a turd at least in a condom. That's we've moved on from that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's progress of a sort, I suppose. It certainly isn't regress, and that's the important thing. I'm going to go and open all of my windows now. Okay, well, I'm going to go and do a big wee that hopefully won't smell of garlic. Have fun. Okay. That's what we all hope for. Bye, everyone.